please exhale. And now let's begin. Welcome to the Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. If you're interested in exploring holistic wellness topics through a perspective that blends spirituality with science, I think you've found the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's figure out this life thing together. Always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Hello, and welcome back to the Science of Light. I'm glad you're here. Just wanted to give you a little life update before we get into this super awesome interview episode. So I hope you'll forgive me if my audio sounds different or less than ideal right now. I'm sitting outside on a picnic table recording with my computer's built-in microphone at our new house because things are jumbled with the move right now so I forgot my little adapter that connects my microphone into my computer and I did not consider when selecting the room in the new house to be my home office that it would be super duper echoey and I don't have any remedy for that yet so here I am doing the best I can with what I've got such as life that's what we do we show up anyway even when things are less than perfect right um but so I bring that up not to like humble brag about the new house but because it's important actually to know those of you that have been around for a little while that's why I've been a little bit quieter on social media it's a very busy time for us we've got renovating to do um, and moving with a toddler is not easy but then also what that means is here at this new house where we're going to live, I'm also planning to offer yoga retreats. Um, there's plenty of land here. It's in the beautiful mountains of North Carolina, just north of Asheville. So we had our first one for the September full moon. I'm trying to cook something up for the October full moon. We will see how that goes. Of course, I'll let you all know the best way to find out for sure is probably my Facebook group actually to be real with you I want to say it's my email list because I wish it was my email list but it's probably the Facebook group Facebook is where you can find me most often so it's always linked in the show notes it's just a nice little community to talk about yoga and astrology together and a lot of the topics we cover on the podcast um yeah so you can find info there join it if you're not on Facebook just join my email list instead everybody's got email right um so anyway with all that said keep an eye out on those channels for some exciting new developments they're cooking up there in the works but you know sometimes you have to get a little quiet um and pull back a little bit to to shoot yourself forward right you know I feel like that's where I'm at right now is is kind of scaling back focusing on some home life stuff that's actually um my work-life balance episode I did a few episodes ago that was like some of the motivation there but anyway today's episode is with um Jody a fellow yoga teacher who has this incredible story having to do with addiction eating disorder um having health problems despite living a super healthy lifestyle as a yoga teacher of you know, 20 plus years. And so she just has this incredible story to share, really inspiring, um, really scary at times. She does talk about having a brain tumor. So for that content warning for you, uh, but it's all in the lens of how she went from being a seeker 
or, you know, you can continue to be a seeker, but learn to quit looking outside of yourself and numbing. And so she describes how she went from that, looking outside of herself and constantly numbing uh, her emotions to using yoga to be okay and um, not downsize reality or downgrade emotions and use yoga to really be, you know, not just yoga asana practice, but the philosophy of yoga to really um, be okay with some of the wild things she went through and hard life stuff she went through and all these health issues she had still despite living a super healthy lifestyle. So I just think there's a lot of nuggets of wisdom in this conversation, a lot of uh, inspiration in Jody's story, and she has a lot of really valuable knowledge to share. She talks about neurosculpting, which is a, a meditation practice basically to downregulate your nervous system and change the story, which has a lot to do with, um, it's very similar to what I describe when I talk about yoga for trauma. It's all about calming our mer- nervous system so that we can get out of that fight or flight state so that we can work more productively with our emotions, right? This is just another really good system to do that. Another wonderful, inspiring story to see how one person has done that and learn more about that system. So stay tuned, listen to Jody's awesome story, listen to all the nuggets of wisdom she has to share and then learn at the end about neurosculpting. So I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for being here. Make sure you subscribe. You know, if you use Apple, write a review. Share the episode with your friends if you think it would inspire anybody or if they might like it. And without further ado, let's get right into the interview. To the science of light. I'm Rosemary. Today I'm joined by Jody. Hi, Jody. Hi. So Jody's a fellow yoga teacher with just an incredible story, a lot to share about trauma and resilience. So um, now that I've put you on the spot with that, uh, would you mind sharing your story? Any part you feel called to share, long or short, however in depth you want to go with it? Yeah, great. Thank you for inviting me. To the science of light. It's nice to be here. I feel that my story starts way back when I was younger, when I felt that there was always something wrong with me. And from that point, I became a seeker right away. I started exercising very young. I started reading different books very young. And I really noticed how I did not fit in. I felt I just don't fit in anywhere. It was a very interesting feeling, which then led to cutting myself. I was a cutter and then led to an addiction. And that addiction lasted about 20 years. And all this time, I'm teaching yoga. I started teaching yoga in my teens, late teens. was blessed to have amazing teachers. And I used it mainly to try to heal 
my addiction. Someone told me once, if you love yourself, that will then heal your addiction. Well, Ashtanga yoga did not help me love myself. It only spun me deeper (laughs) into the addiction because it's more, as you know, a stronger type of yoga. And it really enforced those parts of me that were intense at the time. Mm. So I kept seeking and I've done up till now, probably over 10,000 hours of study in yoga, neuroscience, trauma, and meditation in order to heal myself. So after my addiction was about 11 years ago, I said that recovery and healing 100% is available to me. I'm not my disease. I used my disease, my dis-ease. I used this coping mechanism, which was my addiction, to deal with emotions that I couldn't deal with. Mm. That was different thinking back then. No one thought that. Everyone thought, no, you're sick. There's something wrong. I didn't feel that. And a couple years after I was seeking help through reading Louise Hay's book and all these different Wayne Dreyer's book. And back when I was 17, I was getting chakra healings done and energy work and Vedic astrology done by my teacher who was a Vedic mm-hmm. astrologer. And this is in my late teens, early 20s. So I was doing Where everything was to try to heal in Montclair, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah, my teacher, Joe T. Crystal, who is passed, and her partner, her husband, Jason Martin, were shamans. They would go to Peru for months at a time and bring back and do ceremonies. So my first yoga training, well, second or third, but really my first real one that incorporated philosophy and chanting was very much shamanic based and mm. Vedic based. So we, mm. we did a um, Vedic astrology. We got our charts done, which I know you do that. It was very yeah. interesting. It was lovely. And all of this allowed me to see different aspects of myself. There's different parts of me here. And fast forward, I opened a yoga studio. I owned a yoga studio. I got very sick. I sold the yoga studio. I had five bone amputations, cardiac arrest, and partial kidney failure. From having bone surgery, I contracted a staph infection and it ate my bone. It's called the osteomyelitis. I sold my business. And then two years later, my father died. And all during that time, I'm trying to heal from an addiction. That's what I thought I was healing from. Mm. Kept seeking, kept going. And then 2014, I was not feeling good at all. I just felt off. Couldn't remember things. Couldn't keep my eyes open. Would drive past the exits and would snap at people randomly, like screaming and yelling and not remember I did it. So I went to work in January and by six o'clock at night, I had a seizure, 
where I started stuttering and my arm flew up in the air like I was a waitress or a waiter holding a tray. And I was stuck in that position for what feels like hours and just kept stuttering and stuttering. And I sat back. I tried to stop it with my yogi powers (laughs) and it didn't work. So I sat down, still holding, looking like I'm holding a pizza pie. My client is looking at me, not knowing what's happening, talking to me. And I just watched my brain just keep circulating and circulating like a record being played, like it wouldn't stop. And I couldn't stop it. So I sat and I watched myself pretty much have a seizure, but I did not know what it was. I had no idea. So after it was done, I was tired, but I said, let's keep working. I don't know what that is. So I do body work and a little energy work. So we kept working for another hour or so. And then I tried to drive home and I was about not even a quarter mile away. I lost control of the car. I lost feeling in my arm and I started stuttering again. Luckily, I didn't crash. I was able to get off the side of the road, even though I lost a little control and lost feeling in my arm. And I'm sitting here stuttering and I'm looking in the rear view mirror and I see a cop. So I'm thinking I can yell for help or drive help or I'm gonna die. I thought my heart's gonna explode because now I'm in a full-blown panic attack because I don't know what's happening. Yeah. So after it stopped, I then drove back to work and knocked on my friend's door and said, there's something wrong. You need to bring me to the hospital. And he said, maybe it's the solar flares. Yeah. And I said, okay, because he's a therapist And he does energy work. And he's like, it's the solar flares. And I said, no, there's something wrong. Yeah. By by the time we got to the hospital, I lost all speech. I couldn't talk. And I couldn't feel my right arm. Thought I was having a stroke. I get in there. Nothing's wrong. I'm ready to leave. And the ER doctor calls to me and tells me that I have a brain tumor. It is small. It's not a big deal. And you could die tonight because it's so, your brain is so swollen. We, we need to release the pressure right away. I, and I said, okay, so I can die. He's like, I would just call your family and let them know. I said, okay. Now my husband is in Colorado. How do we, how do you call your husband and say, I may die before tomorrow or before you get here. So I just sat with it again. And this is where, believe it or not, my skills come in that I learned from yoga Mm -hmm. was pausing. Yes, it was horrifying. Yes, I was in shock. 
yes, I probably didn't even realize what they were saying, but part of me knew just pause for a moment, just sit with that. And Mm -hmm. so I paused, my friend looked at me and he said, are you okay? And I said, I'm okay in this moment. And then I told the doctor to hurry up and go get me steroids. I said, hurry up and go get the meds to stop the swelling. And he started laughing. And I did not leave the hospital for 30 days after that. Wow. So when they got in there, they realized that my tumor had grown into the major blood supply of the brain. So they did not know if it was going to be operable. Mm-hmm. So it took about seven hours to remove, to cauterize and kill off any dead cells of the meningioma. And when that happened, then I had a blood clot. So I had to stay 30 days in a hospital on a neurological trauma ward where everyone around me was dying or screaming or not even conscious. I was the only one conscious till the blood clot dissolved. And it wouldn't at first due to the fact that I ate too much kale. I had too much vitamin K in my body. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. I was accused of eating kale. I'm like, I'm not eating kale. I used, I ate kale before. Wow. I never thought I'd hear the day. Too much kale. Oh, yeah. 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 I know. Oh, it was, it was the joke of the hospital. The healthy one's blood won't thin. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, give me a donut or something. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Yeah. And then I, then I went in for surgery. Well, once we found out and I told my, got my husband there and we talked about it. I promised myself if I lived that I would meet and heal anything and everything that I ever denied, distracted from or diminished so that I could feel and live life fully. It was a wake up call. Mm -hmm. And I also chose to keep my heart open the whole time. And that's what yoga has taught me is you have to say yes to what's happening. You don't have to like it. Mm -hmm. I didn't like brain surgery, but I have to say, yes, this is happening. Okay, this is what I've been given right now. What am I going to do with it? Not have a tantrum, not poor me. That came later. There were stages of that. That's normal. Yeah. But in that moment, it was me and my husband made a vow. We will keep our heart open no matter what. And if I die, then that's what's meant. And we discussed that. And yes, I would be sad if I was dead. And I'm sure everyone else would have been too. But this is the reality. Yeah. Yoga taught teaches me and the philosophy to meet reality as it is. Yeah. To to stop distorting and creating the lies. Mm -hmm. Now that's not always easy. It's it has become that's my practice is look at how you're distorting what's really happening. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And through neuroscience, what I've learned is we alter reality so that we can deal with it. We take what happened and we add colors, we add spices, we add drama, we diminish it in order for us to be able to compute what just happened, take it, deal with it and live. So we lie to ourselves. So did you kind of go down um, all the learning about neuroscience that you've done since this happened? Mm -hmm. Yes. Eight years. Brain surgery in January will be eight years. So seven and a half years. Yeah. I learned I was laying in bed. I couldn't read. I couldn't see. And an old yoga friend reached out from Colorado and said, I know what happened. I heard Dan, because my husband was living in Colorado. Dan told us what happened. Neurosculpting can help you. Hmm. And I said, oh, okay. And she um, proceeded to tell me that she worked with a few Denver Broncos who had numerous concussions And one of them couldn't see color anymore from the head traumas. After a couple months, he was able to start seeing color again. Hmm. So So I'm excited to learn about neurosculpting. But can I I like back you up a minute and ask a few more clarifying questions before we get there? Yes. Um, So this was seven and a half years ago. You said you've been like in recovery or clean, like your addiction has been at bay for 11 years now. Can you say a little Mm -hmm. bit more about kind of that process, that timeline, what, what that was like? I mean, I guess if you were four years off of addiction or however that manifested for you ish. Um, yeah. Like some of the things you were saying about, like you were super healthy, um, maybe got a little bit of kind of that us you know a spiritual body work energy work yoga people like the solar flares I feel like I see that a lot and I'm just like oh god like you know so can you just say a little bit more about that part of it yes yeah and and feel free to step in like you are and guide me on if I'm going the right way with what you're wondering um so I definitely when first when when this man told me I had a brain tumor, I went like I went, I made such a face. I looked at him and said, "Do you know who I am?" That's what I said to him. "Do you know who I am?" And he looked at me and he said, "Yeah, you're Jody Domerstad. You're patient two, three, four, and you have a brain tumor. Call your family." And he walked away. Mm-hmm. And I was so stumped. I don't eat sugar. I don't eat dairy. I meditate. I'm a good person. I help. I went through all of these things. Like this, this is not happening to me. This is not real. And so that was that piece that we, or people think yoga and meditation and energy work creates in, um, invincibility. Mm -hmm. We're invincible to this. Mm -hmm. And all that these tools actually do are help you navigate through life and through 
our experiences that craft who we are. Yeah. My addiction was my best friend. And I feel if I didn't have her or him or it, I would have died. I did not know how to cope. So food was my best friend. And bulimia, I used to throw up 10 to 20 times a day in in sections of that time. And then there were times of alcohol. The only reason I didn't go down the alcohol path was because I was teaching aerobics at the time. I started teaching aerobics when I was 17 years old. I couldn't teach aerobics drunk. I tried it. It did not go well. Right. Not to make fun, but it was a very interesting time in my life. Food worked. I could hide it. No one saw it. Right. And what always was a major conflict for me was every time I sought help, they would say, oh, it's a disease. It's going to be with you forever. And there was this part Mm. of me that said, no way. Not the part egoic or I can do this, but this part that knew cutting myself when I was younger and overeating or undereating, drinking, numbing, they were ways to modulate and regulate my emotions. That's all they mm-hmm. were. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. weren't me. They're just part of me. I am not an addiction. I have a part that's an addiction. Part of me is an, an addict. Yeah. Well, I resonate with that a lot. Like you mentioned um, before we started recording that like you kind of never really resonated with the rooms of like AA and NA that that much and neither do I. And I think they're they're valid. Like they've helped a lot of people and I don't want to like poo-poo on that. But for me too, it's been like I don't resonate with that. I will always be this disease forever. And that's another thing I've personally gained from yoga philosophy. Like our true – our capital S self – is not what we have been through, but we do have these uh, sanskaras, like path, you know, neural pathways and things that come up a lot, and they might manifest in different ways. Um, so yeah, I'm with you on that. That like, I I don't really resonate with that. Um, I will always be this way mentality, but I think there's a lot of richness in your experience and your story, especially because you've kind of seen like both sides, like I did everything I was supposed to. And then I still saw like, you know, hard things like that doesn't, you know, just because we do everything right. Doesn't mean life isn't life. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you said. Yoga, chitta, virti, nerodaha. It's mm-hmm. yoga, chitta, virti, nerodaha in the yoga sutras. Doesn't mean stop thinking. It means stop the tumultuous thinking, stop Mm -hmm. the virti, stop the twisting, turning, ruminating thoughts, like get them far enough away. And then, um, and then tada drastu svarupe vastanam, and then the seer abides in their true nature. My true Mm -hmm. nature, that was my birthright from God, creator, whoever created me, whatever anyone wants to think, it did not say you're you're a big disease that you're going to suffer your whole life. No, I create suffering. 
And even after brain surgery, I, due to the trauma of the brain and my nervous system, I dealt with chronic illness for seven years. I'm only mm-hmm. 98% better for a year. And, mm-hmm. and having to live with dis-ease physically, mentally, and emotionally drew, drove me home more to see I'm not chronic illness. I make it worse by being afraid of it. Or by mm. trying to destroy it instead of just meeting it. Yeah. Well, and that's a really important distinction too, I think, because um, I I get this a lot. I get the vibe. I sense that people are like, so yes, having poor lifestyle choices can result in a lot of disease different in different ways, mentally, physically, otherwise. Usually some runs the gamut of those things. But a lot of people are like, well, if you would just change your lifestyle, boom, that would be it. But then we see folks like you who have the super healthy lifestyle but still see chronic illness. So I think this is a really important distinction. That's why I'm kind of savoring it because I I think it's like, yes, sometimes fixing your lifestyle is the answer or would help a lot. But I think this, this is where the yoga comes in, the yoga philosophy, not just the parts of yoga, like the asana, the physical practice that we know is super good for your health um, and stuff. All the pieces, when you, when you get into the spiritual philosophy of it, it's like, can you be okay with whatever reality is? So I just, I really wanted to like savor that because you're like saying it a lot. And I'm like, let's name that because that's important. Thank you. It wasn't, I did not heal fully until the moment that I met my parts. Meaning Mm. I've had every doctor in the world. I have a sauna in my bedroom. I did coffee enemas out the wazoo. I eat grass. I don't, I do whatever the doctor says and I didn't heal. And I would just sit on my meditation mat and meditate and meditate. And thank God I have great mentors who said to me, it's emotional. And I would say, you don't know how much pain I'm in. It's my brain. It's this, it's emotional. And finally I stopped and I realized how emotional it was and how my nervous system was stuck in a trauma state. So no matter how much I change on the external, my internal needed rewiring. Mm. And after the rewiring, I can then meet the depression the sadness, the suicidal thoughts, the hatred, the inner critic. I could meet these parts that were were dying for my attention that I denied because I was afraid of myself. I was afraid to say I'm depressed. I was afraid that depression would devour me. But the truth was I was depressed at times in my life. I was angry. I used to be afraid of my anger. Now my anger looks like the pink Hulk. I have a little part that's angry and she comes out and she looks like the Hulk, but she's pink with a bow and she's really cute. But I've made peace with my rage. So I'm not yeah. rageful anymore. And that's the piece that, that I want to offer on that layer is, yeah, you can change the outside all you want. It's an inside job. And Mm -hmm. inside does not mean yoga, meditation, 
neurosculpting or any astrology, any of the things we do, they're not going to make our life magically happy and easeful and harmonious. Mm. Like the Bhagavad Gita says, it is the mind that is in equanimity that sees me. So it is the mind, it is the person that can stay balanced in the waves that sees the truth, not, not feel, feel the waves, be the waves, just don't jump on them and react to them. Yeah. I think that's the important part I've found too, is that like that emotional awareness and just because you acknowledge something doesn't mean that it has to become, you have to become that emotion. I think that's like, I've struggled with that. Even just the other day, I was like journaling and I was like, I don't, I didn't want to journal about a certain hard emotion I was having because I felt like doing that would like give it too much power or like make it reality. And I even like wrote that in my journal. It was like a breakthrough moment. I was like, wow, but we know this through all the tools, through the yoga, through the astrology everything that when you do let something go, when you do acknowledge it, it loses its power, but that's not what it always feels like. Um, but yeah, so I think that's huge. Um, that kind of realization and distinction that it's like these, these tools, they're not going to like give it to you, but they'll help certainly. No. And I learned that, like you said, firsthand, I'm look at me, I'm a good girl. I did everything that I'm supposed to do. And now here I lie with a brain tumor. And then after I just saw my doctor, I have to see him every three years. And he explained to me more about my tumor, where it was. And I left in tears thinking, oh my God, he said like one more millimeter and you could have just bled out and died. And I'm just like, whoa. And that remembrance of like, well, okay, that's the reality, but how do you want to live? And then I started to almost live afraid. What if it comes back? What if this happens? And I'm like, I just noticed that and say to myself, you know, Jody, that's real. That's your reality. And you're allowed to be afraid but do you want to live in fear your whole life of something that may never happen? Mm. And the answer was no. It was a simple conversation with self and it may yeah. need, and it had to repeat a few times. There yeah. isn't a quick fix and people don't like hearing that. And that's yeah. what's hard. It's taken me years to be emotionally stable and to be yeah. able to regulate my emotions that's the important piece. That's what I hear. What you're saying is kind of like emotionally stable doesn't mean like you're just happy all the time, right? It's that emotional regulation piece. You've gotten, you've mastered the skill. It sounds like through several tools and support. Um, so I still, I still feel angry. I still feel sad. These things don't disappear and they don't diminish they, I could feel rage as if my whole body was on fire. The most important thing is that you realize it's not all you. A part of you is angry and that mm-hmm. you take time to be with that part before you act on it and then create consequences and results mm-hmm. from that action. Yeah. So with all that said, you've mentioned it a couple times and I'm really excited to learn about it neurosculpting. What is it? How did you find it? 
what's neurosculpting? Neurosculpting is a five-step process designed by a woman named Lisa Wimberger, who I was blessed to study with for seven years. When I lived in Colorado, she was actually located five blocks away from me. And I would go and do privates with her and then did her trainings and became a facilitator. What it is designed to do is to down-regulate the nervous system first. And that was the one thing that really stuck with me. It is a guided meditation and you guide people through, or you could do it on yourself, down-regulating. After the down-regulation, blood flow is now available to move to the prefrontal cortex. The prefrontal cortex is the front of the brain where logic, reasoning, compassion live. And this is shown from different brain scans. Now, when we can get into the front of the brain, that also means we're in rest and digest. So now Mm -hmm. we're changing a story or editing a story from consciousness and compassion, not from fear. After that, we use words and tools to stimulate the right side of the brain, which is creative through colors and textures. And then the left side of the brain, which is analytical and likes lists. So we'll list things Mm -hmm. or spell things. And the reason being is the more areas of your brain that are stimulated at once, your brain starts to pay attention and say, wow, this is really important because everything is going, everything is firing. So Jody must think this is really important. So listen up. Hmm. So it almost helps to stimulate every part of the brain. And then the body, where do you notice it in your body? Hmm. So it brings the back into the body. So now you have somatics in the more that you can get everything on board, the more the brain will think it's important and it needs to know it like driving so that you don't have to remember every day and relearn how to drive. It's automatic. Mm -hmm. So these five steps are once you downregulate, you bring up a story, you bring something up that you want to change or you want to look at or meet what's here. Well, sadness is here. Okay. Well, what color, what does it look like? Because if you're looking at it, that means it's out of your body. So now you can look at it. So it's not blended and impacting you and you Mm. give it details and a symbol and a smell like it's right there and you can feel it and you can sense it. And then you list how it feels, cold, prickly, angry. And you could even spell a word, sad, S-A-D. That's the left side of the brain. Now the brain is cross-communicating and studies have shown with cross-communication, neuroplasticity is more readily available. Mm -hmm. So visualization is a big part of rewiring your thoughts and your neural pathways. 
yeah. bouncing back and forth to left and right increases the potential for neuroplasticity. Yeah. I've never heard that put that way, but um, I mean, I study like Peter Levine and that kind of stuff. And, and he talks mm-hmm. a lot about the link between mind and body and how to like kind of heal from trauma. You downregulate, like you were saying, you, you get in a state that's why yoga works so well for healing trauma because it puts you in that rest and digest state. Um, except for maybe if it's a really vigor- vigorous practice, like we were talking about before, like Ashtanga and power yoga, I still enjoy power yoga personally, but that's, I mean, that puts you when you're exercising, it puts your heart, it, it's not down regulating. So I just want to make that distinction. But, um, yeah. So it, uh, when you link the mind and the body and you, you, you can then like change, the story that, okay, this is actually safe when this comes up, when I can recognize this and then I can know that I'm actually safe. I'm not going through that same situation over and over again. So would you say that's kind of a similar concept to this? Yes, I teach, I also teach yoga therapy. Hmm. And the difference in the yoga therapy that I teach than yoga classes is what you said. So yeah. When people take yoga class and they move, what they're doing is they're releasing the muscle tension. When muscle tension releases, it stimulates and signals to the brain, oh, Jodi must be really relaxed because she's not tense and fighting. She's not contracted. Her muscles Mm -hmm. are soft. So we must be safe. Right. So no matter what class you take, if your muscle contraction releases almost like a neurogenetic tremor when you see someone shaking, you start to have Mm -hmm. this sense of feeling good and you can't put your finger on it, but your brain is saying her muscles are relaxed. Therefore she must feel safe. Now let's release rest and digest. Let her be here and feel good. Now what's the con of this is that a lot of people leave, but don't do anything with that. That's why it can't really heal you. Right. So now we have to go back to yoga class to relax again because right. they didn't take that state and use that state to cultivate change or to see what's here now. What body wisdom is here instead of I got to go to class and go home. No, you're right. primed to heal something, to see something, to become aware of something. Mm-hmm. But that's lost. Yeah. In, in classes now. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I even tell my, cause I teach power yoga still. And I'm, that's why I'm like, I don't want to sound yeah. like I'm saying that that's a bad thing. Um, but I always tell my students that because also one of the places I teach power yoga is in a gym where every once in a while, the gym I teach at is pretty good, but I used to go to power yoga at a gym and a lot of people would get up and leave when it was time for Shavasana. And I was always like, what? Like, what? you know, why do you do that? But I, I mean, I know why, but, um, I tell my students now it doesn't happen that much, but I make sure to make a point to say like the whole point of the physical practice is to prepare your body for meditation. That's why Shavasana is so important. And I try to facilitate that even in my power yoga classes. But I think that's, that's huge. Um, that like, it's what you do with it. Once you do feel relaxed and safe and you're able to make those connections of like, well, what is that feeling that always comes up in my gut? What is that? What does that bring up for me mentally? And then how does that stimulate my body? And then, you know, that whole like, um, cycle 
when you start to be able to notice mm-hmm. what happens, um, then you can change the story. So it sounds like um, step one of the neurosculpting was to downregulate, and then step two is to bring up the story. Is that am I following mm-hmm. correctly? Yeah. Yes, and, and then we call it toggle back and forth between right and left brain. Mm, yeah. So, and then do you, is there a point where you change the story? Is that next? Yes. So, well, when the story's up there, and then where when you notice it then in your body, you start to say, well, how do you want to change it? Mm. What would it look like to alter this? Do you want to blow it up? I, I have a pretend love gun and I sometimes shoot people with love. Mm. Or I have like a little bomb where I blow up something, right? So if I'm feeling upset, I can do that, but it's with love. I can erase it, but it really calls into, or sometimes I imagine drains on the bottom of my feet and letting it go out. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I visualize, and we have specific meditations. So there's one for navigating through fear. There's one for anxiety. You can imagine a dial and learn to dial down the situation and visualize what would it feel like to dial it down? What would it feel like? How could, what would that look like for me? Yeah. And then the last step is naming it. So, sorry, I'm like over here in my left brain, like in the list right now. So number four is change the story and number five is name it. No, four is is body. Ah. So the, the, the toggling, you can put the changing of this. So the real point of neurosculpting is really not to change the story. It's to get down, regulate it, toggle, feel it in the body, and then name the meditation in that process. That's when those things get plugged in. Yeah. Well, and that makes sense. It's like you have, like we were saying before, it's not about trying to stay in positivity all the time or whatever like it's about getting really intimate with what's going on and so that's what the toggling sounds like you're you're getting you're seeing it up close and personal instead of like shoving it down or trying to ignore it yes and that's why most of the time positive affirmations don't work hmm because yeah. the person doesn't believe it. They're, they're, I was saying, I'm healthy. I'm healthy. Meanwhile, I can't see out of my right eye and my right arm is paralyzed. I'm healthy. Yeah. I'm healthy. Because I was afraid to admit I wasn't because what they say is I'm going to manifest more of it or I'm going to vibrate mm-hmm. it and pull it in. That's yeah. bull, bull crap. Yeah. I have to admit where I am, right? Yoga mm-hmm. is about saying yes. In the tantric philosophy, The first question is what's happening and what do you, the first answer is yes. Yes, this is happening. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. my arm is paralyzed and I can't see out of my right eye. That doesn't mean that's who I am. That doesn't mean it's not going to get better, but I can't affirm out of it. So what neurosculpting says is, yeah, what's here? I'm sick. I'm not well. I'm afraid. Okay. What does it look like? Well, it looks like 
a storm. Okay, what does it feel like? I'm so cold. It feels cold. Okay. Do you notice it in your body? Yeah, my gut. Okay, can you be with that for a few breaths? Right? And Mm. can you change it? And guess what? Sometimes, Rosemary, you can't change it. So the beautiful thing about neurosculpting is one day when I went in, there was a brick wall. And it's like, what are you going to do with it? I'm like, I'm going to blow it up. And I blew it up and it came back. And I blew it up Mm. and it came back. So I started to chisel at it. So sometimes, just like everything else, these meditations need to be repeated over and over again to create the change. It's not just like a one-time deal. Well, I think that's really important too because I – I see that. I feel that where it's like, I mean, I did like a whole podcast episode on like why positive affirmations don't work. And it's like, um, basically what you just said is like, if your body doesn't believe it, it's not, you can't think your way into something. It has to be embodied. And that's what yoga practice gives us. But then also I, I feel that I hear that. I felt that myself that like, okay, but if I give this power, is that what I'm manifesting? Right. But I think that little piece you said, like the brick wall example is where you start to differentiate. Okay. Am I giving this power? Cause sometimes we do get caught up in our stories and we perpetuate our own suffering because we're like, we just bring it on and we're like, this is who I am now. Right. Whatever. And that's valid. That does happen. But I think there's also mm-hmm. a lot more in the spiritual community where they're like, it's a little bit like gaslighting kind of like, Oh, it's just the solar flares type thing. You know, like, Oh, it's, you're just, that's your low vibrate, just raise your vibration and everything will be fine. Right. So I think that's, that's a really important piece that, that sounds like this gives you the tool to differentiate, like, is this something I can change right now? Or is it something that I need to sit with and deal with and work on a little bit more for longer? When we learn something as a child, when, when we take on a burden or an emotion or we learn how to be, let's say mommy and daddy fight and we feel it's our fault and we now become people pleasers, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if, that, if a people pleaser started at five, what makes us think a meditation at 30 or 40 one time is going to erase 30, 40 years of something? And, and that's the other piece when people say, two things like all good vibes. I don't want all your good vibes because that tells me you're fake. No one has good vibes all the time because in the human experience, they're suffering. That doesn't mean be depressed. That means you to be human means to feel all the gamut of emotions that exist. It's not to not feel them or restrict them. So anyone that says, oh, only positive vibes, I'm not going to fake it. So when I go to work and my girls ask, how are you? I feel a little stressed Mm -hmm. or I'm I'm feeling sad today. Like today I was crying. I don't know why. I'm not going to analyze it. I'm not going to, and I'm fine. I just feel, and yesterday I noticed it. I'm just a little cranky and I thought, oh, you're cranky. What, what don't you want to deal with? And I was just like, oh, Mm -hmm. and today the tears came and, and it's not getting wrapped up into it. The yoga teaches witnessing, not numbing. Mm, I'm witnessing right. my emotions. I'm sad. Yeah. I'm not numbing from them and saying, oh, only positiveness. No, it's not. Yeah. 
It's everything. Everything's welcome. That's a really important distinction. So how do these sessions work? Is it like a one-on-one? Is it like you were saying it's a guided meditation, but it sounds like, is there kind of like this therapist student relationship where maybe the, the person leading the session is asking questions and you get to respond? Like, how does that work? It can be either. I did a neurosculpting class for four years on Monday nights and I would have 20 people come and I would just do the five steps and just add alterations because you could come every Monday and have something else here to work on. Sometimes it's just stress and you want to just learn to get rid of stress. Sometimes it's something else Mm -hmm. and it could, and then it can be privates. I've done privates with people and we've created a meditation for them, recorded it for them to do it daily, even at night Mm -hmm. to really start to penetrate or break through something that has not moved or they feel very stuck in. Yeah. That's really cool. It, so are you still offering those? Yes. Oh, not, I'm, I just started again, actually. Okay. Um, teaching neural sculpting again. Nice. So I'm blessed to be back teaching again. Yeah. Cool. And it will um, probably be up on the schedule. I, I mean, I'll probably be teaching it probably in October. Okay. Maybe one or two cool. in September. Mm-hmm. All righty. Yeah. Well, this episode will probably go out. I mean, it'll be in September when the episode goes out. So I'll link your stuff. And if people want to okay. try it with you, yeah, they great. will be able to. Um, is there anything more you want to say about it now or about your story or any like wisdom you want to leave us with? Just don't give up. Mm. And if something isn't working, like for us, the rooms didn't work. That doesn't mean it's good or bad. It just means that Mm -hmm. sometimes some things don't work for us and not to judge it like power yoga. No yoga is bad yoga right? No food is bad food. It's how we use it. It's, it's, it's really when we're unaware, that's when it can be detrimental to us, but there is no really good or bad and just don't give up. I was helpless and felt hopeless many times, but I kept doing the work because I know it works scientifically. Yeah. So if you, at any time you feel like, oh, it's not working, it's not working, I will tell you that just last year and the beginning of the summer, I was in severe pain and going through another healing crisis. And I just kept showing up and showing up and showing up. And I'm here Mm -hmm. and it's different now. Yeah. And I really believe that you have to have a practice that's repeatable over time for change to occur or none of this is going to work unless you actually do it. That's all I got. I love that. Yeah. Thanks for all of that. All your beautiful story and 
knowledge and everything. So um, do you want to tell us where, tell folks where they can find you if you want to be found? Yes. Thank you. If I want to be found, I, I, I don't even know how to do this. Well, you can find me on Instagram at Jody Domerstad and my website is jodydomerstad.com. Okay. And I own a yoga studio called become one wholeness in New Jersey. Mm. If you Google it, you'll find it. And classes yeah. that I do are up there. And I also do yoga therapy. And in the yoga therapy, we do a dialogue, which is very similar to neurosculpting, which mm, has helped cool. a lot of people get in their body again to meet their parts, to create new stories. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's it. That. Cool. Well, I'll link your stuff in the show notes too, for anybody that... Okay. You, if you would rather just click, you can always go to the show notes and just click and find Jody there. Um, so thanks so much for all your beautiful sharing today. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Bye. And that's a wrap for the interview with Jody. I hope it left you feeling as inspired and uplifted as it did me. And so as always, I will link jody's instagram and website in the show notes if you'd like to find her learn more from her uh, maybe even try a neurosculpting session with her please get in touch with jody you can find our info in the show notes or if for whatever reason you'd like to try something similar with me i'm not certified in neurosculpting at all but like i mentioned in the beginning of the episode it's very similar to some approaches i take with trauma-informed yoga and i'm now offering yoga therapy. So you have to email me or get in touch with me in any of the channels. You can find social media links and stuff in my, in the show notes. Um, it's always Yogi Scopes, Y-O-G-I-S-C-O-P-E-S, you know, yogiscopes.com, Yogi Scopes on Instagram and Facebook. So you can find me in any of those places. You can email me rosemaryyogiscopes.com if you want to try out yoga therapy virtually right now. It's so new and it's such a personal experience that I it, I don't see any value in setting it up so that you can just schedule your first session um, in such an impersonal way like booking online. You can book an astrology reading online though. Um, so if you wanted to try that out first, that's an excellent way to try out working with me and we do get into your story and the emotions and things like that in astrology readings. So try one of those things out, join the Facebook group, like, share, subscribe, review, all those things. And as always, I'm so grateful that you're here. Remember to always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars and stay in the light until next time.